I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thanks for downloading the John Kintura Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. 97.3 The Fan is proud to bring you high school football coverage. We'll take an in-depth look at what's going on around high school football in the San Diego section with the coach, John Cantera. This is absolutely fantastic that we're getting the high school football back on the air because high school football in San Diego is big time. And Braden Surprenant. Elian Noah to the near side, cuts it from 35-40, runs right up the hash mark, he goes to the far side, breaks the tackle to the 40, 35-30, 25-20, one man to beat, 15-10. Five reaches the end zone. Touchdown, Helix. From player and coach interviews to game picks and breakdowns of the best matchups of the week, we've got you covered on the High School Football Show on 97.3 The Fan. And welcome to hour number two. Coach John Cantera, Braden Soprano with you till 11 o'clock tonight. This portion of the show brought to you by the Eric Paredes Save a Life Foundation. It's Sudden Cardiac Arrest Awareness Month. Protect the 1 in 300 youths at risk. Screen your teen on November 3rd. Register at epsavealife.org slash the fan. Thanks for joining us tonight. And again, tomorrow night, we've got a ball game here on 97.3 The Fan and radio.com. It'll be the Grossmont Foothillers, 5-1 uh, and one on the year, 1-0 and oh in Grossmont Hills uh, league play. They'll take on uh, the home team, Granite Hills. The Eagles come in with a 4-2 and two mark. They're 0-1 in Grossmont Hills play, so we'll have the game for you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Well, as we do each and every week, we jump around the county, and we'll start tonight uh, in North County. We're going to take a look at uh, four big ball games tomorrow night, and uh, once again, our North County reporter, Drew Cowell, joins us on 97.3 The Fan. Good evening, Drew. How are you? Hey, Coach. Great. How are you? Uh, doing very well. Thank you so much, and uh, I understand you're going to be at that El Camino San Marcos game tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a great one. Um, San Marcos is looking for their first win in league. They're coming off a close loss versus LCC, 32-35. to 35. It was a real battle, and it'll help them with this game, I think, because it was uh, this one's going to be an even matchup as well with El Camino. I'm going to look for their quarterback, Emmett Brown, to see how he's progressing through the year. He's been, he's been fantastic. He has a really lively arm, and he's growing every game with this young team. He'll look to air it out to Xavion Reese and hand it off to New Look running back wide out. Gavin Cheverney, who's number three. While El Camino, they've been a really pre- pleasant surprise here in the North County. They're one and one in league, coming off a rough loss versus Rancho Bernardo, 24 to 21. But they post big wins versus Torrey, Eastlake, and Point Loma with a thrilling game, which they lost versus Lincoln, 26 to 24. So they're. They're a very solid team, and they've been tested. They they look for uh, Zion Jackson. They're, he's key for them in the ground game. And QB transfer from Mission Hills, Joe Armentrout, has looked really accurate and has been solid so far in the air. I'm watching if San Marcos can put it all together and play a complete game. They've been tested this early, 
and they'll try to get their first win while El Camino. Let's see if they can keep up this solid season they've had and steal a win on the road at uh, down to 78. Yeah, San Marcos, uh, according to uh, the the rankings and the, the prognosticators, they're a two-point favorite tomorrow night. And again, that'll be El Camino at San Marcos. El Camino comes in at 3-3, three and three, San Marcos at 2-4. and 5-1 uh, and one Carlsbad coming off a smashing victory last uh, Friday night against Torrey Pines. Down at Torrey Pines, they're going to legendary Simcox Field to take on the Oceanside Pirates. Yeah, and Oceanside 4-2 and two, coming off a rough loss last week, which I was out there in Mission Hills. Um, it was a 27-0 loss where Kaviko was really shut down and keyed on. He even said after the game in an interview that um, Mission Hills deserves some credit for taking Mav the game completely. They need to look for Jacob Harris to get going this week to have a really sh- uh, shot at a Carlsbad team coming in at number six in the North County or number six in the CIF rankings number one in the North County right now. They're the top team, so still looking for some wins to push them over into the top of the open division because they're a really solid team with a studly defense led by Kyle Vassow, who's averaging a sack a game, and a very good offense with quarterback Aiden Sayan, an efficient passer who went 8-for-8 last week on the road versus Torrey Pines. Another highlight, highlight in the game for Carlsbad was Whiteout, who went for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Um, yeah, and they had another running back, I'm pretty sure, at three touchdowns. They just went off offensively. But I'm looking for Carlsbad to lean on their defense while Oceanside looks for a compliment for Kavika. But um, they both have a common opponent with Mission Hills, and Carlsbad beat them 17-0. So it seems like uh, Carlsbad should not have some trouble, but you never know in Oceanside. That'll be uh, interesting. A lot of great games over the years at Simcox Field between the Carlsbad Lancers and Oceanside. Carlsbad right now a 14-point favor. My alma mater trying to uh, uh, atone for getting run off the field last Friday night by Carlsbad, 42-7. to The Falcons go on the road with their 3-3 three and three record. They'll go to Mission Hills, who right now is red hot, and they're sitting at 4-2, and two, Drew. Oh, yeah, Mission Hills is looking to keep that momentum rolling after that major victory versus Oceanside. They really asserted their dominance, and they shut them out. And this defense really could be really special. Last week, some key players highlighted were Jaden Latua, linebacker who had an interception and a sack. Also, Shiloh Seau, who helped shut down the middle of the defense, and uh, Kavika in the run game. While while Torrey Pines, they're coming off a brutal loss at home versus Carlsbad, and the strength of their team is a defense led by Grant Anderson and Mark Notorani. They're solid in the center at linebacker. And Notorani, he leads the team with 45 tackles and five tackles for loss. Look for a defensive battle in this one with a pretty even matchup as well. I think Mission Hills is coming together as a team as a team as the season progresses and should be able to find enough off- offense as they did last week versus uh, Oceanside. Yeah, we're visiting with Drew Cowell uh, with our uh, North County report tonight. We're going to get to the East County here in just a couple of minutes. But the last game uh, I'm going to ask you about, uh, Ramona, uh, Damon Baldwin, who's done an incredible job up there with that uh, program over the years. A lot of young kids this year. They're 0-6. They're looking for their first win. They're going to Wilson Stadium in Escondido tomorrow night. Escondido right now with a 4-2 uh, mark. And, uh, you know, Ramona... Uh, I know uh, Coach Baldwin was hoping that his team, especially the second half of the year, would get it going, and this is a great opportunity going into Escondido tomorrow night. 
Oh, yeah, Ramona, they're heading on the road, but they're looking to pick up their first win, and it's looking very possible after their close loss versus Tampa Squall last week, 14-6, to where it was a hard-fought game, and Ramona is keeping the fight alive every week. They're getting closer and closer, it seems, and they're battle-tested with losses to good teams like Mission Hills and Poway. They'll look to work off their play action and surprise Escondido after trying to establish some run game. Their offense is led by quarterback Jacob Snyder and running back Cash Jones, sophomore. They're a young ball club, while Escondido, they're 4-2, coming off a solid um, league wins versus RBB and Fallbrook. They haven't really played a good schedule so far with uh, losses versus Hilltop and Poway, who is also a common opponent. But um, Ramona played Poway tough 38-30, to while Escondido lost 47-10, to so... Look for Ramona to get back on track and get back to one-on-one in the Valley League. All righty, Drew. Uh, good job tonight. Enjoy that ball game, El Camino-San Marcos. Uh, it should be a good one. El Camino's playing well. San Marcos trying to right the ship right now. So we'll look forward to catching up with you next Thursday night and have a great weekend. Sounds good. Thank you, Coach. There you go. Uh, Drew Cowell uh, from our North County uh, headquarters, and uh, we appreciate him uh, each and every week coming on the program and uh, breaking it down, uh, we're going to shortly get out to our East County report with Adam Paul. We're going to take a look at the West Hills at Santana game, Mount Miguel at Monta Vista, and El Cap at Steel Canyon. That game seems to be uh, David versus Goliath in that one. But uh, right now we head out. Uh, our man from EC Preps, Adam Paul, joins us on 97.3 The Fan with the East County report. Adam, good evening. How are you? I'm doing great, Coach. Second week of league at getting really interesting yeah it's going to continue to be interesting throughout the course of the uh, league play until we get to the playoffs let's start off with the game you're going to be at tomorrow night you got the four until uh four and two west hills Wolfpack taking on the santana sultans who are sitting at seven and oh right now and putting a lot of points on the board yeah you know this game is the uh 30th um edition of uh what's called the mayor's cup started in 1989 when west hills opened up uh west hills uh, leads the series 21 to um eight uh west hills has won the last five meetings including last year 21 to 11 uh last time the santana sultans defeated the wolf pack to claim the cup was in 2011 when they won 42 to 7 uh last week however excuse me last week the wolf pack won their homecoming game against El Cajon Valley, 27 to nothing, in which Gerardo Hernandez threw a couple touchdowns, including one to Cole Clearman, um, and his second touchdown went to uh, Dylan Hernandez. Also, uh, back at the other quarterback for West Hills, Braden Oberg also had a touchdown pass to um, Cole Clearman as well. In that game, defensively, Josh um, Alagata blocked a punt, set up the first touchdown for the pack. Um, like I said, they beat the El Cajon Valley Braves 27 nothing on their homecoming. Um, for the Sultans, uh, they had a big win to start off the league season um, over Mount Miguel, 56-21. to Senior Nathan Temple passed for 310 yards and actually accounted for seven touchdowns, which included four rushing. Uh, senior tailback Brooks Mutah had 186 yards of total offense, while junior uh, receiver Jared Forster had four receptions for 82 yards, including a 22-yard touchdown. And he also had an interception on defense, as well as um, Cam uh, senior Cameron Laricchia also had two interceptions uh, for the Sultans. You know, but, um, coming to this game, like I said, West Hills has won the last seven in a row. Uh, 
I, you know, Coach, I've attended every single one of these games, have not missed a game. I've seen everything that you could possibly think of that occur in this game, from um, a goal line stance to um, a holy roller play um, in favor of West Hills a couple years ago. Uh, you know, many legends have played in this game. Uh, DJ Bush for Santana, Leon, the great Leon Bender, Ryan Hallahan on the other side for West Hills. You might recognize this name, Lon Sheriff, mm-hmm. um, who played for SDSU, uh, Monty Duke, Tony Berner, of course, and Brian Hals- Halsley. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of these games you throw out the record. Yeah, Santana's scoring a lot of points, but West Hills, um, they can play defense. Both teams have, you know, it's kind of, they've both given up nine points a game in the last three games. Uh, and, you know, defensively, total wise, Santana has only given up um, basically seven or eight points a game, whereas West Hills has given up 12 points. So it's one of those things that's who blinks, pretty much blinks first. Um, in, in this game. Hey, uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, and we're visiting with Adam Paul from EC Preps, our guest here on 97.3 The Fan. He reports uh, each and every week with us uh, on all the uh, East County uh, uh, ball games. Uh, Nathan Temple, uh, I met mm-hmm. him last year. He was a Lolita Student Athlete of the Week uh, once last year, and he actually won the award last week or the week before. Uh, boy, this guy, you know, I know he got hurt early last year. When he came back, he went on a tear. I mean, just firing the ball all over the place and putting up big numbers. And he's really had, a, to this point, a great senior season. Oh, Coach, he's, he's amazing. He's probably the best quarterback Santana's had since uh, D.J. Bush in my honest opinion, um, and that's saying something. Um, you know, he's putting up numbers that uh, he's, you know, he's looking to uh, break D.J. Bush's career to- total touchdown record, also season uh, touchdown record. I know in the preseason he, um, he told myself and a couple others that his goal was to throw 40 touchdowns this year. Uh, you know, he's such a good kid. He's um, really good in the classroom, and he's a really um, – big team one of their big team leaders for uh for the sultans and like you know like you said he got hurt last year came back uh later on and um you know he just picked up where he left off from last year um for uh, for this season well we'll see what happens in the mirrors cup tomorrow night between west hills uh going down to santana all right let's get to uh our middle game here you got uh one team that's three and three in the mount miguel matadors and against uh, going against the Monta Vista Monarchs, who are two and four right now. Yeah, you know, uh, in the last five meetings, it's been all Monta Vista. Um, they've won four of the last five meetings, with the only loss coming in 2015 by a score of 47 to nothing. Uh, despite that, they still trail the Matadors in the in the all-time series, uh, 32 to 27. However, um, interestingly enough, um, Mount Miguel might be the slight favorite here. But some people are giving the home field edge to Monta Vista, so it could be a toss-up in that in that aspect. Uh, for the Monarchs last week um, in their game against Chula in their big 34-17 victory over Chula Vista, um, Isaiah Gardner ran for 184 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, senior quarterback Ruben Silva had a 40-yard touchdown pass with a minute left in the first quarter. Uh, junior receiver uh, Dejon Shingleton had a touchdown reception. Um which gave them a 13 to three lead in that, in that game against last week against the Spartans. Uh, you know, they, if Monta is going to have a shot, they're going to have to be able to run that ball and uh, play a little ball control. 
um, as Mount Miguel has a very talented uh, quarterback in J.D. Laverdier. Now, last week in that uh, loss to the Soltans, he didn't quite have the game that he typically has as as he was held to 228 yards passing. Also, uh, Jaheim um, Allen Pompey was held to 112 yards receiving, although he did have 11 catches. Also, and he was uh, held scoreless in that game. So they'll they'll um, look to get back on track against the um, the Monarchs um, on tomorrow night. Adam, uh, the last game and it's a complete mismatch uh, on paper. You got El Capitan. They're 0 and 6. They got to go down to Steel Canyon. They're firing on all cylinders. They're 6 and 0. Cal Preps right now has uh, El Cap as a 60 point underdog tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that, and I was listening to uh, Braden and Top Dog over the week, um, during the week, you know, and I talked to Ramon Scott. I, I don't think it's going to be a, that big of a blowout. Um, you know, Steel Canyon, with their win last week over Granite Hills, improved to 6-0 for the first time in school history. Uh, in that game, senior uh, Viamu Ayu Rug- Rugby Morse, as he goes by, um, he had three sacks, while junior teammate Colton Guerrero had um, seven tackles, a sack, and an interception, as well as a forced fumble, uh, which uh, led to uh, James Bradle returning that um, forced fumble 20 yards for what ended up being the game-clinching touchdown. In that game, also, Jeremy Mendez got goal passed for 175 yards and two touchdowns, including a 70-yarder to senior Chris Carter uh, to get the game- scoring early for Steel Canyon. Um, for the Vaqueros, senior Wick Hauser passed uh, for 161 yards and two touchdowns against Helix last week. Sophomore Savion Yokely and senior Donnie Green caught um, both touchdowns from Wick Hauser. Yokely also had three receptions for 78 yards. Uh, it's going to be, like you said, a David versus Goliath type deal. Um, uh, you know, Bern- Coach Bernie is going to have, have his guys um, up and ready to play. Uh, against the Cougars, um, of course, uh, Coach Longerbone um, is going to obviously, you know, try and make obviously try and make sure none of the none of the guys get injured. Um, I, like I said, I don't think it will be a, a sixty-point blowout as Cal Preps has predicted, as uh, Coach Longerbone, you know, is one of those guys that just doesn't run up the score um, <clears throat> against his opponents. Um, I, like I said I think El Cap, if they can start out early. Play, play a little ball control. Um, maybe they can hang around for a little bit, but in the end, uh, Steel Canyon, who, like I said, they come in uh, rated fifth, um, and like you said, number one in the CIF polls, um, should should win this game by a hefty, somewhat hefty score in the in the out in the end. All right. Well, enjoy that West Hill Santana game tomorrow night. We'll uh, check in with you next Thursday night, Adam. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Coach. You too. There you go, Adam Paul from EC Preps joining us uh, with the uh, East County breakdown of uh, three of the games. And, you know, I don't know how I feel. And, Braden, jump in here. We're going to get to a break, and we're going to go down to the South Bay in our next segment to Luke Ramirez. But I don't know how I feel about uh, uh, the the Cal Preps people putting out, uh, you know, uh, basically a line on the high school football games. Well, all it is is it's, uh, it's part of the rating system. So whatever number you have, um, the computer decides – uh, how what the score should be um, based on what your computer rating is. Uh, it helps determine whether uh, strength of schedule. So uh, let's say 
West Hills has a rating of a 20, and Santana's got a rating of a 30. According to the computer, those two ratings equal two scores uh, against each other. And then from those scores, you only get uh, 14 points on top of the spread, and that's your cap on terms of uh, the rating system in order to getting points. So if I'm favored by a touchdown, uh, I can score up to 21 points over the spread. Anything over that is considered running up the score, and I do not get any extra points for that. So it's kind of their way of, of having, all right, these two teams are about this caliber uh, towards each other, and anything over this margin uh, you don't get any extra points for. It's their way of throwing in um, – you know, kind of a cap so people don't run up the score on people. A lot of TMI on that. There's a lot of info going on. it, But that, that's what – we could talk about the ratings for days, but that's the reason why Ned Freeman has taken so many years to develop the rating system he has with CalPreps, uh, and it's di- very difficult to just take one equation out of it to try to make it uh, your own. It's going to take uh, CIF a handful of years, five to ten years, to make up their own uh, rating system. If they wanted to be just just as successful as Ned Freeman's. Hey, a little uh, note, and then we're going to get to a break, and we'll get to Luke Ramirez in our next segment. But uh, there there'd been an incident up at Valley Center here a few weeks ago, uh, and Rob Gilster, the head football coach, the only football coach they've ever had at Valley Center, was put on administrative leave. Well, Rob Gilster will be back on the sidelines tomorrow night. Welcome back. You get to play La Costa Canyon. He was reinstated today about 2 o'clock by uh, – uh, the people up there at Valley Center that, that hired a private eye to uh, investigate a situation that had gone on, Braden, at, at halftime of a football game. And uh, so uh, Rob's uh, back, and uh, you know uh, we'll uh, probably find out more about this going forward. But uh, good to have Rob back. He's a good guy. I've known him for a long time. In fact, I actually went to a year of college with him at USIU before USIU dropped football, and I was playing basketball there, and he went uh, from uh, USIU to San Diego State and finished up his college football career. But uh, I coached against him when he was at Orange Glen. He's been at Valley Center now uh, since they opened the doors, and he was reinstated today, and he will be on the sidelines tomorrow night as the head coach of Valley Center. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll be joined by Luke Ramirez. We're going to go down to the South Bay. We've got a lot to get done still. Uh, Braden and I are going to get in here. We're going to take a look at the uh, CIF rankings. If we have time, we're going to get into some of the league standings as well. Coach John Cantero, Braden Soprenant to the top of the hour right here on 97.3 The Fan. Seize today. Buy a coat and we'll donate one during the big give back. For every women's, men's, juniors, and kids coat purchased, we'll donate a brand new coat to Close for Souls to provide warmth, hope, and dignity to those in need this winter. Best of all, Macy's will donate up to 35,000 coats with an average retail value of $40 to $100 each. Share the warmth now through Monday at Macy's. Visit Macy's.com slash Macy's Gives. Okay, kids, we're leaving. Bye, guys. Bye. Be Have safe. Time. Uh, you won't be getting online then? No. Nope. So much homework. <laughs> okay, good. And you don't have a tablet hiding under the sofa cushion, right? No smart TV remote up your sleeve? No. no. Or your sister hanging action movie style from the ceiling with a gaming console? No? Uh-huh. That would be dangerous. I would never do that. Oh, great. So then I don't need to activate parental controls on our AT&T internet then? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Okay, I'll just leave. And turn off the Wi-Fi from the car with the cool app. What? Sarah. 
Your home is only as smart as your internet. Get AT&T Internet for $40 a month and set parental controls with our Smart Home Manager app. More for your thing. That's our thing. Requires 12-month agreement. Includes internet plans 10 megabits to 100 megabits when bundled with other qualifying minimum $19.99 per month service on one bill. Early termination fee, taxes, and other charges and restrictions apply. Data rates may apply for app download and use. Geographic and service restrictions apply. See if you qualify at ATD.com slash internet. Will you teach me to football? 97.3 The Fan features high school football on Friday. He'll teach you to football, Rosemont takes on Granite Hills. Gwen and Chris will be outside at 3 with kickoff at 7. This is San Diego's home for high school football. 97.3 The Fan. Hey, it's Zoquero, defensive tackle for Granite Hills. Granite Hills plays here on 97.3 The Fan. Welcome back. Coach John Cotero, Braden Soprano to the top of the hour. We'll look forward to seeing uh, Zosef uh, Cuero tomorrow night, the big uh, defensive lineman for Granite Hills who joined us in studio a few weeks ago. Great young man. Looking forward to getting out there. Grossmont, Granite Hills should be a heck of a ball game tomorrow night in the Grossmont Hills League. Well, right now we're going to go down to the South Bay. Always enjoy having this gentleman on the program from the Union Tribune and uh, doing a lot of great work for the Union Tribune. And that is our friend Luke Ramirez. Luke, uh, welcome. How are you tonight? Doing well, Coach. Happy to be on again. Uh, great to have you. And uh, you're going to be at Southwestern College tomorrow night. This is an interesting ball game. Uh, you got 2-5 and five East Lake. Uh, going uh, down the road to take on Benita Vista, who's 3-4. and four. And Braden and I saw... Benita Vista, a couple of weeks ago, they lost a, a tough game to Hilltop that night, but they got some pretty good players. Yeah, and they actually came coming off another tough one last week. Uh, I, I got to see them last week at Southwestern. Uh, Otay Ranch came all the way back from down 23-7 to beat Benita Vista uh, on their field at Southwestern. It was, uh, it was a tough loss for sure for the Barons, um, but they're going to have to try to make a good comeback. Uh, they won't have time to dwell on that. Because um, Eastlake made a nice statement, you know, they beat Modern Day Catholic last year in their Mesa League shootout. Um, and, you know, they really need to get that non-league portion of their season behind them and start playing Eastlake football again with these games that are coming up. You know, they have a ton of implication on them making it into the playoffs. Um, you know, pretty much the winner of this Mesa League might be the only team from the Mesa League to get in the playoffs. Well, I mean, Otay Ranch had a tough schedule. That, that might be an exception, but um, it's definitely uh, do or die for these Mesa League teams with how tough their non-league schedules have been. Um, I was impressed to see Eastlake put some points on the board for sure. I knew it was going to be a shootout. Modern Day um, doesn't really have the best offense down in the South Bay, um, and Emiliano Lozano was able to – take advantage of that he had he had 20 rushes for 230 yards and three touchdowns uh, he's gonna have to have that type of game tomorrow against Benita Vista's defense who's got a little more substance than modern days um, like I mentioned Benita Vista coming off a really tough loss and you know I, I felt like that's the type of loss that can make or break a season uh, for the Barons turn out three and four um, they're either going to respond positively and give East like a tough game tomorrow night or they're pretty much going to fold up their league hopes um, with how good Otay Ranch and Eastlake have looked. So I'm calling it a must-win for Benita Vista. I'm excited to see how their talented athlete can do in that environment. And uh, one of those guys being Ron Van, who just went off last week. He had three touchdowns and 202 yards receiving. Um, all I really had to do was keep him in my camera's viewfinder, and he made the magic <laughs> happen every time he was targeted. I had a great night, great night taking pictures of Ron Van. Uh, the uh, Another ball game, Modern Day Catholic, three and four. Uh, going to Olympian, Olympian right now really scuffling at one and five. Yeah, they are. They need to get something going here. And uh, uh, modern days, though, they're going to look to bounce back um, as well. I think this is going to be an even higher scoring game than the modern day Eastlake game last week. 
Uh, both defenses have been really suspect so far. Um, not defensive teams by any means. Um, and I see that I can see some points are going to be put on the scoreboard here. Um, and if that's the case, you know, I think that the duo of Trevor Appleman at quarterback and Aiden Calvert in the backfield for modern day is going to give them the edge. Um, but you can't sleep on Lucas Hamilton playing quarterback for Olympian and Anthony Gilpin Jr. They've had a, a great connection, it seems, down there, and they're going to look to hook up a few times through the air as well. Uh, another ball game. You got five and one Montgomery. The Aztecs doing a, a great job right now. Sweetwater Red Devils coming in at one and five. So you got two teams right here, kind of going in the opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Aztecs had a nice win against Mar Vista two weeks ago. They're coming off a bye, which I think is huge for this team. Um, the Mont Montgomery pretty much relies on on uh, a couple key players. They have Alexander Dixie, the junior quarterback, a dual threat, really really explosive athlete. Jaheim Williams is one of the most violent running backs I've seen down here in the South Bay. He's really fun to watch. And then Isaiah King's a very reliable receiver. Um, they got they got banged up pretty good in their loss to Santana about three weeks ago. Um, but, you know, it's, it'll be good to see them at full strength uh, when they play Sweetwater, their last non-league game. And then another ball carrier I have to give a shout-out on here is uh, sophomore Christian Vinegas. He's a two-year sophomore. He's got seven touchdowns already. And uh, Coach TJ McKay has referred to him as the mini Mike Allstott. He's just a real big physical runner. Um, he's not quite as tall, but he's a he's a real bowling ball fullback type runner. He's fun to watch too. And, and you know, the bottom line is that this is the most one of the most dangerous teams in the South Bay that people might not know too much about in this Montgomery team. Um, I'm looking to see how this unfolds. And one of the games on my calendar is Montgomery Castle Park to finish off both of their seasons. Castle Park six and zero. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, I think Mo Montgomery is looking ahead to get prepared for another rematch against Santana in the D4 potentially championship, which I don't think I could afford to miss either. Um, Sweetwater, they're coming in 1-5, what you said. It's a down year for Brian Wagner and the Red Devils. But uh, Mario Villa has been a guy who's had some success. He's got three touchdowns on the year. I saw him have a pretty good game earlier this season, and uh, Montgomery's going to have to keep an eye on him in this game. Luke Ramirez with our South Bay report. In the final game, yeah, it's a non-league game. you got El Cajon Valley 3-3 three and three going to the South Bay to take on the perfect uh, Castle Park Trojans who come in at 6-0. and oh. Yep, they're going for 7-0. and oh, And the last time they've had this type of success was back in 1995 when they went 13-0 and, oh and won a CIF title. Um, and they're doing it all with a brand-new head coach, which is, has been more impressive than I think anything. Uh, Bernard Ansel will be here. He's the athletic director, and he was running the program last year as a head coach. Um, he left it in a far better place than it was given to him, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for for the success that the program's had. He's still in the athletic director position there, um, but he's handed it off to Chris Livesay, who's done uh, obviously an outstanding job. Six and zero for any program with any schedule is is no no small feat. Um, their guy, their their bread and butter is Eric Hernandez. He's a junior with legit speed. He's probably He's probably one of the fastest guys that I've seen uh, down here on film or, or with my own eyes. He's a small guy. He can just bounce off tacklers, and when he gets out into space, it's all over. Um, he's got 722 yards and 14 touchdowns already, and he's usually pulled out of the games um, in, at the third quarter latest. Sometimes even the, at the end of the first quarter, they'll, they'll pull him out um, in games that they're running away with. Um, but, you know, El Cajon Valley, they went 3-0 to start the year. They had good wins over Francis Parker. Hoover and Coronado, so they're not going to be any slouch tomorrow night. It'll definitely be the toughest team Castle Park will have faced this season, uh, and they got junior Demarius Hyde. He's rushed for 476 yards and five touchdowns already this season. He's going to have to have a big game to put the Braves in position to win. 
Hey, Luke, great job as always. Enjoy the ball game tomorrow night, and we'll catch you next uh, Thursday night. Absolutely. You guys have fun as well. There you go. Uh, Luke Ramirez uh, covering that South Bay like a blanket for us tonight. Uh, love uh, all three of our reporters, Drew Cowell, Adam Paul, and uh, Luke Ramirez doing a marvelous job. And, again, uh, you know, just to let you folks know, None of these guys make a dime. They, they just want, they're big into high school athletics. They want to be a part of something fun. And I hope you enjoy our program. Braden and I will take a timeout. We'll come back and we're going to jump around, take a look at some rankings, take a look at some league standings. We'll do as much as we can to the top of the hour right here on 97.3 The Fan. Highlights are made on Good. San Diego's only FM Sports Station. He sends his running back in motion. He gets the shotgun snap. He backpedals, and now he runs. He's at the 10. He throws a short pass. Backpedaling. Touchdown reception. Just a yard inside the goal line by Gabriel. It was a Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, this is DJ Ralph, quarterback at Cathedral Catholic. Cathedral Catholic plays here on 97.3 The Fan. Mm. the time. Welcome back to the high school football show on 97.3 The Fan. Braden Soprano, Coach John Cantera. Of course, I'll be in uh, tomorrow afternoon, 12 to 3, and then I'll hot-foot it out to Granite Hills uh, High School for our game of the week. Braden and I will have the call tomorrow night starting at 7 o'clock right here on 97.3 The Fan and uh, Radio.com. Gwen and Chris will be out there from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock. And uh, Braden, some great reports tonight from Drew Cowell and uh, Adam Paul and Luke Ramirez doing a great job covering the county for us. Yeah, they're doing an unbelievable job and, uh, you know, getting better every week. And uh, they do it, like you said, for the love of of high school football here in San Diego and and, and trying to get reps and uh, helping us out a tremendous uh, job so far this season. I love their in-game reports we get during our (laughs) games. It brings a a new level to our our broadcast. We get live reports uh, no, who else has live reports from other high school games uh, during the game? Uh, nobody. Exactly. Nobody. Uh, okay, let's take a look at these SIF rankings that seem to be uh, rankling a lot of the coaches around the county right now. you got Steel Canyon at number one at 6-0. and Helix at number two, 5-1. and uh, Cathedral Catholic at number three, 6-1. and They've played a very difficult schedule, as has uh, Helix to this point. St. Augustine, 5-1. Uh, and one. They check in at number four. Number five is Santana. Uh, they're uh, sitting at seven and zero right now. Madison uh, four and two. Uh, they're in the top ten and uh, rounding out the top ten. You got Carlsbad five and one. Scripps Ranch six and zero. Bishop six and zero. And Grossmont five and one. A lot of people give Scott Longerborn and Steel Canyon the Cougars a lot of credit. They're they're six and zero. They won a state championship a couple of years ago, uh, but. Uh, their schedule probably doesn't match Helix Cathedral. Uh, definitely those two teams. So I think a lot of people are surprised they're number one. I definitely think they're in the top five. 
I think they're in the top five as well. I definitely do not think they're number one in the county. Um, you know, I don't think they're even uh, number three in the county, uh, probably on that four or five range. You talk about strength of schedule. There's such a difference between the strength of schedule on Max Preps compared to the – or Cal Preps compared to the strength of schedule for the CIF uh, ratings. And the CIF ratings, you know, they, they did things a little bit differently. You know, they took out the margin of victory. But then they started everybody at the season with zero. So everybody starts at an even playing field, uh, which in, in principle sounds like a good idea, but it, it severely – uh, diminishes, you know, teams what they got coming back, and, and certain teams that start the season. So that kind of puts it in flux. The other thing too, with the strength of schedule, we have so many teams right now that play other schools out of county, out of section. That's a huge factor. Are they going in and keeping track of all those schools throughout every single one of their games as they play out of section? I don't think they're doing that because if you look at the strength of schedule on, on Cal Preps. The highest strength of schedule right now is Cathedral. They got a 39.1. Then Helix has a 37.9. Uh, Saints, 25.3. Carlsbad, 25.8. And then it drops down to Steel Canyon, 18. So if you're talking about, you know, strength, not margin of victory. Let's throw margin of victory out, right? That's out of the ratings. If you're talking about strength of schedule and win-loss, how is the team with the worst strength of schedule, arguably one of the worst strength of schedules in D1, have the number one seed right now in in the rating system. I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, these rating systems make no sense to me. Uh, period. I mean, I'm still an old school guy. The eyeball test is big, and you know th- these rankings are, are fun to talk about. But when you're talking about strength of schedule, I mean, this is not college football. I mean. From one year to the next, like Torrey Pines. Torrey Pines is a great example. They don't have it this year. I mean, they're, they've won some games. They may win a few more down the road, but they lost 34 guys from a year ago. Okay, then you take a look at their schedule, and you're you got to factor in they lost 34 guys. They lost some dominating football players. I don't know what their strength of schedule is right now, but uh, again, how how do you do that? When you're uh, going from year to year in high school football and you guys are coming and going and graduating, uh, I, to me, it's it's ridiculous. Well, the strength of schedule is based. The thing with the Ned Freeman ratings and Cal Preps, he has every single team in the entire country rated. So that involves the strength of schedule. And the thing, it fluctuates throughout the entire year. A lot of these teams' strength of schedules were a lot higher in the early parts of the season because a lot of teams they were playing were undefeated. Now, every time that, like, let's let's take Cathedral, for example. Uh, Centennial is one of their big wins in Saguaro uh, from Arizona. If those teams start to lose, all of a sudden Cathedral's rating, despite what Cathedral does, is going to take a huge hit because if their rating's high and Cathedral beat them, that's going to keep their uh, their rating up. I mean, we could talk about this all night long, and it, it's kind of it, it's tough to determine who the playoffs are because I know you're an old school guy and you like the eyeball test. But do you ever go to those old school meetings where all the coaches would show up and seed the playoffs and the craziness that that was of of all the biases of well I got to try to get in as many teams from my league as possible so I can get a good seed and then all of a sudden you got teams that are you know they're looking at the the playoffs get seeded and you're like t- they're starting to talk themselves down because they don't want to be the higher seed to play one of these better teams they want to play the other team instead and it, it, it's such a it's it's a crazy mess. I'm glad they've gone away from that. My whole thing with the rating system and, and, and the reason why – I'm not really going to say I, I'm upset, but the reason I'm a little uh, you know, ticked about this, uh, you know, this new rating system is what was wrong with the, the Cal Prep system that they were using before. They 100% accurately picked 1 through 8 in the open playoff and 1 through 4 in the open playoff, 
every single year they used it. The higher seed won every single time. If you're trying to get the playoff seedings correct, wouldn't you say seeding it one through eight, a hundred percent would probably be? You know what? I think we got it right right here. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But uh, yes, uh, going back to being the old school guy, yeah, I were in a lot of those meetings. But I was also one of those guys that you got to play somebody. So just tell me who I'm playing, what time we playing, and let's go uh, after it. I saw some things uh, in a variety of different sports, uh, uh, especially in baseball, because you'd have a, a number one pitcher. Nobody wanted to face that guy in the first round, and man, they'd do uh, 38 different things to to avoid uh, playing a team with a, a star pitcher. But uh, I agree with you. I'm not. Not sure this system right now uh, is going to stand the test of time to be honest with you I think you mentioned earlier when we were doing our uh, uh, Facebook video prior to the show that all but four coaches voted for this but now that they're seeing how this is uh, working out I don't think uh, that would be the case any longer this thing may only last about a year well here's the here's the thing and, and, and it's tough with the and you've seen those meetings the problem with those meetings are is everybody goes into it instead of picking what's best for the sport? They they're thinking what's best for me. Oh, absolutely. And, and, but that, that's just how it is. It's just human nature. We want to do the best for ourselves and our own team, looking out for our own team. Uh, but if you look at it again with the the, the whole margin of victory, I, I understand that you don't want to encourage teams or give them a way out to run up the score on people. But we don't have margin of victory in right now. Have right. you seen the scores we've seen this year? Right. I mean, it's not stopping anybody from scoring a lot of points on a lot of teams. Well, and I'm some not saying, teams are just flat out overmatched, though. Yeah, but I agree with that, too. So the other thing is, is, is like, are we sure for a fact that everybody's running the score up on people? Because I think a lot of it is, you know, maybe the twos for that one team are better than the ones. What do you want them to do? Take three? Would you rather have the other team take knees the entire second half, or would you rather have them just play? Uh, I'd rather him play. And, and first of all, uh, we've had two games already this year where we've had running clock. Last week was one of them at Torrey mm-hmm. Pines. Carlsbad didn't run up the score on no, Torrey Pines by any not. way, shape, or form. And the other game we had, uh, Kearney, uh, they uh, had running clock in that ball game. Uh, they uh, didn't run the score up on University City. They just were a much better football team. Uh, but I, I've always felt at any level, especially at high school and youth leagues, there should never be a margin of victory should never count for anything because you don't want to encourage coaches to run up the score. But there have been some teams under men. So we could get talking about the running clock. See, I got a problem with that. I mean, I, I so understand I. there are coaches that will run up the score, and those are the guys that should probably, you know, uh, become, uh, you know, uh, just a teacher and, and go about their business and not be on an athletic field, as far as I'm concerned, okay? If, if you're going to get your jollies by running up the score on a team that's totally outmanned, then you have no business being in the business. That's the way I look at it, okay? Now, uh, as far as uh, the running clock, how about all the kids that are busting their hump week in and week out? And they it might be their only time. There may be one or two games all year that they're actually going to get on the field. You're going to run the clock, and they're playing only defense, and they may only get you know five or six plays where if you've played the regular fourth quarter without running clock, they may get 15 plays. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a lot to people that are listening right now, but, man, those kids are putting it uh, out there just like the, the starters are. They just may not be as talented or uh, as uh, – experience but they deserve an opportunity to play i hate the running clock and i hate it uh, on both sides of the ball uh when i coach defense coach and um you know i i got i got a lot of guys defensive back position you have a lot of players same with wideouts you get it a lot in high school sports uh but i almost yell at the offensive coordinator and the offensive coaches stop scoring and just try to stop scoring <laughs> 
tr- please try to stop scoring because I don't want to have the 35-point automatic running clock because now i got 15 kids i got to get in on a running clock situation, and each kid's going to get about three plays, and it's not fair to those kids. And the other thing is we're not intentionally trying to run up the score. You know, maybe my twos are better than your ones still, or maybe my threes are better than your ones still. I'd rather have these kids get reps and at least play. They deserve it. Absolutely, 100% uh, deserve it. And football's a, a sport you got to play. I mean, you can practice, but you got to be able to get out there with the uh, other 10 guys on the field, work together, get that game experience. There's nothing like it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've told the commissioner right to his face, we've had a couple of long uh, talks about uh, the running clock. And I understand from their perspective the sportsmanship. And, you know, there, there's not, every, not everybody out there uh, adheres to that. And But, you know, I'll tell you what, when you've been on both sides of it, you understand it a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. The thing with the margin of victory for me, I think you need to have margin of victory uh, because you need to determine who's better in terms of head-to-head. Fine, or, uh, 28 of points but, at the most. But the thing is, it's like you get 14 points plus whatever your rating is. That's the cap. So it, it's preventing teams from, from, from the giant blowouts. And the only times it's it's not going to prevent teams from blowing people out is when it's a giant mismatch. And the fact of the matter is, those schools can't even get to that point of the margin anyway, so it's not even going to matter. Well, we uh, exhausted that subject a little bit. We didn't get to the league standings, but hey, you and I tomorrow night, brother, we're going to have a good time out there at Granite Hills. We'll just wait for the league standings to update another week. Yeah, we'll, there's a lot uh, of game. There's a lot of leagues that haven't even started yet. That's hard to believe, too. But, uh, hey, you know, we're working our way towards the end of the high school regular season here in a few weeks. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, for We're getting in the crunch time. We're getting some big matchups in the uh, the big-time leagues. And even the small leagues, I wanted to get to the standings so we could show it. But uh, next week, once everybody's played some league games, it's going to be some fun uh, league races down the stretch and playoffs. All righty. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Again, I'll be on tomorrow afternoon, 12 to 3, 4. Braden Suprenant, Coach John Cantero, thanks for tuning in. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for downloading the John Quintero Show On Demand. And remember, you can always listen to my show as well as on-demand audio from Ben and Woods, Gwen and Chris, and other Intercom San Diego stations using the Radio.com app. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.